0: for tuning in to The Archive, brought to you by the Mail Tribune. I'm Alyssa Corman, and I'll be sharing the news with you from 100 years ago in this splendid city of Medford, and Jackson County at large, in 1918. (music) First off, let me apologize for my extended absence from these fine airwaves. But you see, the grand city of Medford has been in a bit of a state of emergency as of late. The rampant killer known as the Spanish Influenza, which has been killing hundreds of people all over the country and which has finally landed here, had the city in a fair amount of panic, and the mayor instituted a banning of public events and a strict quarantine. Why don't you get comfortable, and I'll tell you all about it. Before we get into all that dreadful disease talk, I've got a fair bit of other news to share with you first. There has been a heavy mail from the boys in France ever since Saturday last week, and the many Medford people who have boys over there have been enjoying a real treat. Many of the letters have contained the government Christmas card, which permits the sending of a Christmas package not to exceed three pounds. In order to send the boys a package this year, It is necessary for them to get such a card from their company officer, and the same has to be then sent here for presentation at the post office when the parcel is mailed. No doubt this little formality will cause many of the boys to be without their Christmas this year. Speaking of our boys over there and Christmas presents, why not include a package of gum in the box? Word has just been received that the Army will be indulging in chewing gum. Orders have just been placed by the Quartermaster's Corps for 2,300,000 packages of chewing gum for the Army. It has been found that on long marches and where the troops are unable to get sufficient water, chewing gum is very effective in relieving thirst. Recently, the commanding officer of a regiment of field artillery, when embarking for overseas service, stated that 250 pounds of chewing gum would save hundreds of gallons of water when most needed. He pointed out that chewing gum is cheap and that there are times when water is very expensive and at times unobtainable. Precautions to save water are therefore being taken. The lemon drops used by the army are prepared from a special formula tested for its thirst quenching qualities. Canned tomatoes have also been found effective for thirst. A can of tomatoes in the front line trenches has several times the results of the same volume of water. This is ascribed to the mild acidity of the canned tomato. The subsistence division of the Quartermaster Corps is constantly engaged in experiments to discover ways and means to ensure our troops are getting the best food at all times, and at the same time, affecting the utmost savings in tonnage. Earlier this past month, a messenger boy gave the city quite a scare. Westerman Wilcock, western union messenger boy unwittingly gave the city a scare a few nights ago and caused the fire department to run right out waltz around the corner of main and front streets and run right back in again it all took place in a few seconds but the blowing of a tin siren whistle and never did it blow louder caused people to hurry downtown from all directions to see the fire The lad had a message to deliver to the night policeman. Not finding an officer about, he opened the fire and police alarm box in front of the commercial club building, intending to flash on the red light. Instead, he pulled down the wrong lever, which summoned the fire department. And then the excitement began. As I said earlier in this broadcast, There has been a frightening sweep of sickness throughout the country, even into our own homes here in Medford. The following stories, which span the past couple of weeks, are but a few of which ran in our newspaper, The Mail Tribune. October 12, 1918. To prevent the further spread of the dread Spanish Influenza, of which four positive cases are known to exist in Medford, and Many others are suspected. The city authorities clamped down the lid this noon to go into effect Monday morning, ordering the closing of churches, theaters, schools, and all public meetings and gatherings of every description. This drastic rule will be in effect until all danger of the epidemic getting a foothold in Medford is passed. The action was not decided on until the local situation had been thoroughly canvassed by Mayor Gates and Dr. Pickle. Every physician in the city was consulted and the opinion was unanimous that every precaution should be taken before it was too late. A number of cases and suspected cases were also reported from various parts of the county. New reports of the alarming spread of the disease throughout the United States and the large death rate accompanying also had a great influence in deciding the local officials to act. A telephone message from Dunsmere yesterday afternoon stating that there were 30 cases in that city and that there had been 37 deaths already and that by midnight last night, 14 more were expected to die also had a bearing. Several citizens from Dunsmere were in Medford yesterday seeking nurses to assist in caring for the influenza patients. Health Officer Pickle advises all persons to cover their mouths and noses with their hands or handkerchiefs when coughing or sneezing and not to expectorate on the streets or floors. This will go a long ways towards preventing an epidemic here. The closing order will stop the work of the Red Cross in many patriotic and public activities and will entail a loss in the moving picture managements. Manager Percy of the Rialto Theater believes a sensible view of the situation and approves of the closing order of the city officials. He too believes that an ounce of prevention exercised now will prevent much misery and financial hardship later on. Mr. Percy holds that the picture theaters will only suffer a temporary loss, as when the danger is over and the closing rule rescinded, the public will be very picture-hungry and will crowd into the theaters to make up for lost time. On October 23, 1918, the mayor ordered the quarantine of flu sufferers. Because of the large number of cases of sickness in the city, almost all from influenza or gripe and pneumonia, whichever the attending physician prefers to call it, and the fact that there were two deaths yesterday at the Sacred Heart Hospital of Barnum Apartment residents, more drastic regulations to safeguard the public health and prevent the spread of the epidemic are being put into effect by Mayor Gates. Beginning today, By his orders, a blue card slip, which is printed the warning, contagious influenza will be placed on every house where it is known there is one or more persons ill with influenza or severe le And every rooming or apartment house or private home where there had been a known case of influenza will be thoroughly fumigated. City Health Officer Pickle is not in favor of quarantining homes, or fumigating, holding that it is unnecessary. He insists that there is very little, if any, influenza in the city, and that most of the sickness consists of the gripe or bad colds. Most of the other physicians profess to hold the same opinion. Mayor Gates asserts that Dr. Charles T. Sweeney is the only physician who is heartily cooperating with him in steps to prevent the spread of the epidemic whatever it is, that has caused so much illness in the city. Ms. McGrail, the public health nurse, is also cooperating with the mayor. Since the present epidemic set in, the doctors of the city have been rushed night and day taking care of patients, and the druggists have been doing a rush business in filling prescriptions and selling various medicines. Health Nurse McGrail has been busy day and night looking after cases throughout the city, in a number of instances acting as nurse and physician. She declares there are many cases of influenza throughout the city and that more drastic measures should be taken to prevent its spread. Much praise has been heard on all sides for the splendid big work she has been doing since so much sickness set in. She has several homes in charge in which a number of members of the family are down with the plague and states that positively that a number of them are real influenza cases. While Mayor Gates was hunting around for someone this forenoon to fumigate the Barnum Apartments, he learned that Miss McGrail, who has apartments in the building of her own accord, was just about to begin thoroughly fumigating the structure. All of the sick in the apartments have been isolated, and the building fumigated, so that there is no danger to other tenants or visitors, it was stated this noon. While the death of William Barnum was primarily due to pneumonia, which developed from an attack of influenza, the death of Mr. MacArthur is not attributed to influenza, but to bronchitis complications. He had been subject to bronchitis attacks, and last week went fishing and got his feet wet, which brought on another attack from which he steadily grew worse until his death. By November 5th, there were 81 cases of influenza here. While Medford has been very lucky in escaping a serious influenza epidemic that is so prevalent all over the country, it is interesting to note the following official statistics regarding the situation as it is today there have been reported authentically that there are 81 cases in Medford, with six new cases yesterday. The Medford doctors are also attending 20 cases in the country. While this seems sufficient to cause the majority of people to be careful, the opinion in this community seems to be that the flu hasn't struck here and that it won't. All reports coming in indicate that there is not a community in the country that hasn't sooner or later been hit, and it is up to the people of Medford to see to it that they do everything possible to prevent an epidemic here in our midst. There is some contention that there are no cases here, but the figures given above were compiled late this afternoon and can be regarded as correct. (music) The last bit of news coming in is that the flu situation is improving but caution is still very much needed. Physicians report continued improvement in the cases of influenza patients, and with proper precaution, the danger should be passed in another week or two. There are 14 cases at the hospital, but six are convalescent, with the balance out of danger. Lack of nurses prevents the acceptance of other cases, as nearly all nurses in the city are ill. The arrival of three influenza patients from Hilt Tuesday morning resulted in the issuance of a statement by Mayor Gates forbidding the Medford people from visiting Hilt and notifying Hilt authorities that influenza patients would be sent back as lack of facilities prevented proper care here. Dr. Sweeney was called last night to attend a case of influenza at the Parsons Ranch near Hilt While in Hilt, he was informed that a couple of people had made arrangements to come to Medford to the hospital. They said they had made arrangements for a car to meet them at the train. This morning, the doctor called the hospital to warn them of what he had heard, and was informed that, owing to a shortage of help, the hospital could not take the cases, so he sent word to the train to that effect. The doctor wishes it understood that he had nothing to do with bringing these cases to Medford. Owing to the fact that the Sacred Heart Hospital is already crowded, there is a movement underway to get permission of Dr. Porter to open the Medford Sanitarium under the care of the county nurse for the care of the remaining influenza patients. One final word of note before I must sign off. The management of the Junior Red Cross in the near future will have several boxes placed near the confectionery stores, cigar stores, hotels, and stations for the collection of tinfoil. Please watch for the same and deposit the pieces of tinfoil there. This will be appreciated very much by the Junior Red Cross and it will give another method for our boys and girls to assist in the duty of conserving, that this great war may be won. Other details will be announced later, so be sure to check in with us frequently. Well, folks, I think it's fair to say that things are on the upswing, and hopefully they stay that way. Thank you so very much for bearing with me through this rough period in Medford's history. And as always, thank you so very much for listening. Remember, these news stories have been brought to you by the Mail Tribune a weekly series featuring news items that were drawn from the archives of the Mail Tribune from 100 years ago. You can find more stories like this in the Mail Tribune 100 column in the newspaper or online at mailtribune.com. Also, don't forget we have a plethora of other podcasts on a wide variety of topics. Be sure to give them a listen, too. And don't forget to follow us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and YouTube. If you like this podcast or if something you'd like to share with me, let me know in the comments or on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. Have a swell day and check back next week for more stories from the Archive.